in a world where high technology and devastating destruction was a way of life, where the fate of an entire star system could rest on the outcome of a single battle, one group of gritty, hardened mech warrior veterans would change the lives of millions of people. This summer, one podcast will rise above all the others. No guts, no galaxy. The Battletech Mech Warrior Podcast. And it starts right now. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy Podcast 110. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is May 7th, 2014, and I'm joined by Darren, a.k.a. Mama Bear. Hey, everyone. And today's co-host, Brandon, a.k.a. Catch Kill. Oh, hi, everybody. And a special guest host. Actually, I'm, I'm going to scratch that. You're no longer that special. You're, you're just, no longer you're special. Just, you're just a host. How about we just say you're that? You're one can, of us now. Can we make it and official? the other one. The other one, Tyler, a.k.a. Edgar 12. Hello. All right. Also joining us is Carl Berg, and he is the systems senior systems engineer at Piranha Games. Welcome back, Carl. How are you? Uh, not bad, guys. Good to be here. Awesome. So we're going to be diving into a few discussion topics tonight, and Carl's going to be chiming in on a few of them. Actually, I think maybe all of them. But uh, you know, I just want to say thank you again, Carl. I know you're, uh, you're quite busy over there. And uh, so let's go dive into the first thing of this week: um, launch module. All right. So you guys hit the date as far as uh, you know. Hey, you guys said. Uh, you know, we're hitting the 29th of April. It came out. We're all super stoked. You know, we had threes. We had one made, uh, one pre-made per team. Oh, it did not go according to plan. Um, <laughs> Never does, does it? You know, I, it's one of those things. I was super disappointed. I was. Just for the fact of me as a player, I was really looking forward to the matches and stuff. There was a lot of technical issues. And you guys ended up turning off threes and the one pre-made per team. So um, out of all that being said, though, the issues were behind the scenes. Um, people were disconnected in matches. Like I remember the first few matches we had eight players on the other team or nine were disconnected. And then we had like half our team was disconnected. And then a few of them connected. It was just a, it was a, it was a cluster. It was, it was crazy. And then we had, um, now granted, I will say this. I had two matches that actually had threes and only one pre-meet. I did have hmm, two matches okay. at the very start. And it was actually really good matches. It was sort of weird because just watching the match, how it was playing out, both of them, you know, normally you have one or two pre-mates, maybe even more, and they definitely direct where the matches are going as far as the actual flow of the battle, like left, right, we're holding this hill, we're moving, stuff like that. It was a lot different because when you get in there, you had all these, you had eight pugs that were just sort of waiting around and 
didn't really have a direction where to go. So you could see definitely an influence of premates had, which is directing, you know, how the battle, you know, develops. And so it turned into, I mean, you had little small skirmishes here or there, and then you had the, the pre-made fighting the pre-made team. So anyways, I did have two good matches. Um, did you guys have any matches at the start, or did you guys even... I was at work, sadly, so when I came home, everything was fucked. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to experience it either before they brought it down. I saw some unusual matched uh, matches, you know, where they were uneveners, or people were disconnecting, so it would be end up being like one versus six people or whatever, but... Yeah, I mean, I remember you saying that you had a couple good matches. I think maybe you saw a glimpse of what could be. So obviously that was the issues right off the bat. And now let me just go dive into the positive out of all that. The positive is you guys actually hit the target date, launch module. You had private matches, which is I think probably the biggest thing uh, for people out there, especially the comp side, the high elo players, and, and just general people who want to do private matches. Um so for those maybe who are listening, haven't played in a while, you know, they have private matches where you as a, you know, group lead can start a lobby. You can set, you know, the map, how much time you can set weight limits. You can move people around. Now there is, there are a few things that uh, I think a lot of people would like to see uh, Tyler pipe in here, but I've heard people would like a option possibly to have a mech lab, the ability to do it because it is private lobbies. It's not a random battle like a, that the assault and, um, you know, assault mode or something that's coming out, right? But the ability to have the mech lab, um, and I think there was there was one other thing uh, top of my head, but... Um... Well, yeah, the, the mech lab, we'd love to be able to use the mech lab. Because right now, all you can do is just select your mech and change around yeah, your the modules, modules right? if you want. Yeah, that was uh, a design, design call for sure. They, they really wanted it just limited to the modules for now. I'm not quite sure what all the concerns around that were, but... Uh... They, they wanted definitely a restricted interface, at least for this first version for you guys. So we'll have to see if that changes. I hope it does change, because right now it's kind of a pain to... You have to leave the lobby altogether if you need to alter a mech, and then you need to be reinvited to the lobby. It's just a little excessive, Annoying. it feels. Yeah, cause, I mean, when you drop in a regular group, you don't have to leave the group every time you want to alter your mech. But uh, the lobby seems to take you completely out of the UI and put you in something else. I can understand if the lobby is like a precursor to what, you know, what they were talking about, the assault and defend. You drop in a match as a random player, you come out, and you only have like four mechs you can select from or something. That was the initial impression I had. So if that's like... The dropship stuff, yeah. Yeah, if that's, if that's sort of a template for it, I can understand. But if you're in a private match, there's no reason not to have it. I mean, you're letting the players create this anyway. Why not just give them access to the mech lab? It makes... It makes it so much easier for the players, too, because, I mean, you know, um, oh, hey, we want to do, you know, long-range uh, sniping, testing. We want to do brawling. But unless you already have the mech set up like that, you have to exit, go edit, hey, toss me another invite, come back in, whereas you could just go edit mech lab, boom, 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 do it right there. And there's really no reason. But uh, my well, I think it's mainly to uh, to cut down on the dev time for that, because, uh, as, as you can tell, uh, one of the definite goals there was just to improve the... Uh, the flow for re-equipping modules, uh, so that was all. That was all new UI done by the UI team, uh, and they're they're pretty constrained right now, especially because they backlogged so bad on UI too. So I think uh, a lot of design's goal there was just to make a, a very simple, easily uh, used module re-equip system, rather than you sort of redo the mech lab. Because of course, uh, just bringing in the full UI two mech lab would have been, you know, kind of sketchy. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me, you know, typical in that it's 
trying to get something into the game, and then it's a multi-step process as far as uh, building it up. But my overall impressions of the launch module uh, actually hitting the stage, uh, you know, obviously one out of three, you know, things work. I think they're the most important things is the private matches and they do work and they work flawlessly. Uh, I haven't yeah. had any, haven't heard any negative things. Um, and I'd love to actually hear the stats behind, like how many matches are being played private. Cause I think it's probably pretty, you know, pretty good. I know a lot of units are using it for practice and I think that's amazing. So I will say my impressions of the private matches, private lobby, phenomenal. I think it actually took a lot of people by surprise. I mean, there was no screenshots released before there was, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of info, Yep. Um, on it, and it comes out. It's clean. It's crisp. It's exactly what a lot of people were expecting, and I think it just showed again what you guys are capable of. Um, you know, and you know, sort of sets the bar of what you guys can do and what you should achieve. And so, you know, obviously we've got a few you know nitpicks here or there, but well, what I'd like to matches... hear as far as private matches, you know, like I was having a lot of fun with private matches on MP Stream last week, uh, Friday night community night on the IGP Stream. Uh, we are using private matches, but other people's experience, um, people using it like, uh, Tyler, have you used it for anything competitive yet? Brandon, you, have you done anything with them? It's absolutely amazing. Where We've already saved so much time just being able to instantly drop against the team that we choose. Uh, it's the days of sync dropping, and it's, it's wonderful. It's, we've been waiting for it for a long time, and it's here, and it works pretty much flawlessly. It's amazing. I have to agree. Like, me, and, uh, me and the Aces guys, we've been doing 1v1s and 2v2s uh, using the player no problem, and it's been an absolute blast. I know even uh, probably this coming week I'll be trying to make it out to the uh, stock, uh, stock Mech Mondays, which would be, I think, another great thing. Yeah, yeah it just yeah. seems like all of these are much easier you know facilitated much easier now much smoother operation um i've just had a blast with it the little that i've been able to use it and i think that goes a long way just for the fact that that is probably the biggest thing that people wanted and it's worked completely 100 percent. and yes the disappointment in not having threes and in, in, in public matches and not having one pre-made um so you still have very lopsided matches it's it's one of the biggest things you know we talk about even when i'm dropping you know doing formats and stuff but that being said, at least the biggest thing works perfect. And uh, that being said, launch module in general, you guys also this past Tuesday, which which was the first Tuesday of the month, you guys did another patch, and the you weren't including threes back in because there seems to be a lot of issues still with that. But you implemented the one pre-made. Now, when I patched and I started streaming, I think we were around 15 minutes. I hit cancel, started again, and we were still searching for a match. I know there was other reporting of 20-minute you know, wait time queues for, for uh, four-mans, three-mans, but it was quick for uh, individual solo players. Yep. What, you know, what's going on there? And, you know, obviously you guys are trying to fix it. Are you fixing it? What's going on? Well, the, the one pre-made per team, that one just might not be viable. We'll need to go back and take a look at the, uh, the use of statistics there, but uh, definitely we noticed the... Uh, the increase in wait times pretty pretty quickly so uh that's not so good at all we'll have to see i mean threes should definitely be viable the the problem with the threes is really just a, it's a matter of scaling the the current matchmaker algorithm is a little old it's been refactored a few times to try and handle the new design and it's just it's just not in a good place now for those sort of uh, constraints so that's something we're looking at now in fact we're, we're looking at a, a matchmaker rewrite just to just to get that out of the way it's not as not as bad as it sounds i guess uh well, I mean, I, the important thing is it's something that you guys recognize, and, and it's a high priority to fix, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, we're on it right now. 
I think that's what he's doing in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much what I'm doing right now. In the They're background. rallying the team, working on it right now. No, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, I agree. The threes is the biggest in my well, opinion as well. If I had to choose between threes or one pre-made per team, this is what I'm. This is my honest opinion. I would rather have weight class restrictions in the threes than one pre-made per team. Now, granted, I will say I still think multiple pre-mates have a huge, huge influence on a match advantage. Yes. Well, no, influence, not advantage, influence. I'm talking about the influence of to win or to lose a match. If you have multiple oh, teammates yeah. on one side, the influence they have on dictating target, yeah. you know, calling, uh, positioning, everything, it's still huge. But at least I won't be running into eight, ten assaults. You know, yep. I, it, it's, it's really, really tough. And, and Tyler, you know, I'll drop with you guys and we'll do like mediums and heavies and a few lights. And then we'll run in to just wall of assaults, multiple dragons or stuff like that. So I think for me, I would rather have threes in than uh, multiple pre-mades. I think to me, at least, what do you guys, your opinions on that? Yeah, I agree. The, the weight classes are definitely more important to making the game more balanced. Uh, I don't particularly mind dropping against multiple pre-made groups. It's a challenge, and it's it's fun when you get a bunch of people that you know on both sides. I completely agree. I think the three 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 is definitely by far probably the most important thing to get going right now as far as pugs go. Because uh, I I don't uh, I'm with Jaeger. Um, I don't mind dropping against like <laughs> I might be in a group of four, and we have another group on our team, and we're against three pre-mades. But I mean, it's more fun that way. I find. Oh, oh, yeah. Let me let me specify. I'd rather it be even number of groups on each side, as close to like you know a four man on each side or two four mans on each side. You don't want to because it does happen sometimes where it stacks multiple pre made groups on one side and then the other team is entirely composed of pugs. So some could, kind of balancing there would be good. I was gonna say, Carl, could has that been proposed internally of instead of doing one pre made, just equal pre mades on both sides? And whether or not the numbers, someone may have a two man pre made, someone may have a four man. I mean, has that at least? Yeah, stuff that stuff that we're definitely looking into. Actually, yeah, I don't want to get too far into it just because uh, it's it's still all, all on the table. We're not quite sure what'll be viable at this point, but uh, definitely some extra balancing there is uh, definitely in order. Well, thank you, Carl, for uh, giving us the word on that. Phil is going to take us into the next topic, but you are, of course, welcome to comment on any Mama of these Bear. As well. Mama Bear has been hurrying me up. He's like, "Come on, come on, move along, <laughs> move along, kids." All right, so yep, moving on. Sure to the next topic and this is actually something uh, pretty big we've talked about you know the meta we've talked about jump jets um you know paul clarified that the jump jet changes to the highlander wasn't specifically to the highlander it was to assault jump jet you know the whole level one two and three now this being said i've had a lot of feedback i've, I've talked you know like what is one thing what is one thing that could really affect how the meta is used and i'm not saying it, it would get rid of the meta what i'm saying is uh it would bring the ability for non-jump capable mechs into the fold and that is jump jets and the one thing is adding more heat adding heat and increase you hold down that space bar and it's gonna it's gonna go you know it's, it's gonna spike up i mean right now i think it's at max eight percent i think uh tyler you were saying if they increased a large amount of heat like you press it down what i think what are people are envisioning is yes someone could still pop tart once maybe twice but you, if you're not a Pop-Tart, you're able to close the distance. And instead of taking three, four, five, you know, alpha strikes, they're only going to be able to get off two or three if they're in the air um, because of, over, you know, overheating or potential overheating. This all being said, Tyler, what are your thoughts on that? And would you see that being a viable, at least, maybe not a ultimate fix, 
but maybe uh, an adjustment that would bring a few things in line. This has been a suggestion that a lot of competitive players have been putting out there for a long, long time now to kind of curb jump sniping. And you're right, if if you the jumping generates heat, and you could even make, make it based on number of jump jets, I suppose, but uh, it would limit the number of jump shots a mech gets as a, a ground-based mech closes. It would help brawl mechs, it would help mechs without jump jets. Just all around, it would make for a more balanced game, you know, Lerms versus jump snipers versus brawlers kind of thing. Well, now, uh, Tyler, logic aside, you enjoy jump sniping, and, and of course, there's nothing wrong with that. You're just your personal feelings. Would you like to see something like this implemented, or would you not like to see it? Do you want to keep your being able to do what you're doing now? Well, I do enjoy jump sniping. I think this would be better for the balance of the game, so I'm in support of it. Obviously, the meta is always going to shift and change. The meta right now is having... Uh, you know, that 30 to 35 pinpoint alpha strike, two PPCs or your Gauss rifle and ACs, UACs, stuff like that. But ultimately, if you take those weapon systems and you put them on a non-jump capable mech, they aren't an issue. So what is the underlying issue? Again, we've talked about this in the past, jump jets. They have no negatives. Now, most of the mechs I take are non-jump capable uh, or jump capable. And it makes a huge difference. But there's no really negative except weight. That's it. I mean, it adds so much to, um, you know, your mech. So unless you're going to be changing the weapon systems, which I feel is bigger than just increasing the heat. And if there, there, if there's already a heat system in there, right, just up that number, um, see what it does. And, and I would have to agree. Uh, at least it would cut back. You're still able to fire in the air and jump snipe, but you're not going to be able to do it constantly or sustained. I guess sustainability, being able to put fire downrange constantly like that and allow maybe a close range brawler team or to to close the distance yeah i'm all for it it meets my you know old school battle tech needs as far as what jump jets were for and then i totally agree with tyler and i think that's a great reason and it just balances the game better and i mean you know when you look at i don't know if number of jump jets would work just for the fact of i think that would be probably something they can look into but look at how many jump jets you know how many do you take on the cataphract one maybe two you know um how many on the shadowhawk so i think just in general um another thing they could look at which is like fall damage and stuff um maybe it could scale you know the bigger the mech and the higher you go and the harder you hit the ground uh, you know that that would scale upwards uh, or downwards either or but uh i think this would be a big thing so if paul or carl if you want to whisper in their ear um i think this would be a big thing obviously the meta is is always going to be there but even your top tier players and comp side and the, the experience the vet players are saying we want it to change this would be better for the game if jump jets had a drawback there's no drawback right now so the whole, if you implemented heat that would be the drawback is the heat uh, portion of it it would still allow uh, lights to jump around be you know scouts stuff like that but yeah, i would also like to see as far as fall damage every time you jump uh, right now it's just like a straight, I don't even know, like half point of damage every time you fall. I'm not actually sure on the number there, but it would be better to see a, like a percentage of damage be applied to the legs because if a light mech jumps around right now, its legs get hurt pretty easily. But an assault mech can jump up multiple times to its full jump jet height and fall, and their legs barely turn yellow. Yeah, that's so something that hasn't, unfair been, right now. hasn't been tuned at all yet, so uh, something the designers have been looking at. Awesome. All right, something uh, we're going to move on to next, uh, and this is actually a pretty big topic. We've got two of them. We're going to talk about the you know the mech tree, the the pilot skill 
in general, it's an old, outdated system. Um, it's dinosaur, if you will. Um, and what I mean by this is you have eight, you know, uh, basic skills. You have four elite, and then you have the, the master, which is the module slot. To me, we're always talking about uh, mech quirks, right? We're talking about, oh, well, the awesome, you know, has three PPCs. It should be able to, you know, have a quirk to where, you know, it has reduced, you know, when it shoots PPC, reduced heat or, you know, this or that. What I see is we already have all of these unique quirks to the mech, but they're not chassis and or variant specific. And I would love to see even so far as a total revamp, I think would really be really cool. You see a lot of MMOs, RPGs out there to where, you know, maybe you have four mobility, uh, you know, mech tree slots, but out of that four, you can choose three on each. So, you, you know, you have 12 different options. So do uh, you choose, uh, you know, quick stop or acceleration and, and stuff. And it would all be chassis and uh, variant specific. And the reason I bring this up is, on top of the meta, the jump jet mechs being so powerful as is, I feel like a lot of these mechs are subpar because they don't have any unique specialties. Um, whether it be, you could go the MMO style with like the Hunchback 4G, it could have like, uh, maybe it has a, a defensive thing where it has sloped armor and it has a 10% reduction on its right torso, um, you know, if you want to go that route. Uh, stuff like that. I guess that's what I'm saying is... 10% faster crafting? Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know I, yeah. I, I think it would add, I mean, right now it's just, we have two skills that actually don't apply. You have to get them with GXP, but they don't apply to your mech. And not all pilot, tree, the mech tree skills right now are apply, are effective or applied to all the mechs anyway. So I feel like, you know, we're always talking about making mechs unique and you being the player to customize your, your play style. Now, granted, I don't think they should be hard locked. But what I'm saying is you should be able to pick and at any time you could, you know, go back there and change them up, you know, maybe because you changed the build or whatever. And it shouldn't cost you a ton of, X, you know, GXP and they could reevaluate that. But uh, in general, what do you guys, I mean, is that sort of what you guys envision? Um, or what are some suggestions that you would you would toss out there with current or would you recommend just a whole revised? I would probably prefer to see a whole revised at the moment. Right now, the, the tree system is just kind of there. I mean... Originally, I was thinking of it where you could go and customize your role a little bit and play around and make a mech or your playstyle unique to yourself. So, as you were suggesting earlier, the uh, the actual playstyle, where you have three or four different branches or whatever, and you could invest in different areas. So each mech would act different and individual and unique to depending on how that person wants to play. Personally, I think that's how I would prefer to see it done. Instead of everyone has the same skills, some which don't even do anything right now. Where it's more or less a chore rather than something to make it more unique. A necessity, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. always for more customization. Um, I think this would be a great direction to take it in in the future. Uh, you know, something along the lines of what you're suggesting, Phil. People have, you know, it's, it needs to be a, it needs more branches. It needs to be an actual tree, and uh, I think that would be fun because people would be able to focus on the things that they do more in a match and how they use their mechs, which definitely varies from person to person. Yeah, we made some trade-offs with that system because uh, we, we wrote that skill tree system very early on in development, honestly. Uh, and at the time, designers really wanted the, the cross-variant cross uh, dependencies in those trees. Those put some pretty hard constraints on what we could do just because it, at the very far end, it needs to, to map to a relational database. And uh, there's only so much we can do to actually create those inter-tree dependencies, right? It's not, it's not really a tree. 
as soon as you have three mechs involved in it mastering or leading it. So uh, for us to go back and, and remap it now, yeah, it's something we might be able to do. Again, we need to get design to chime in on that specifically, though. Yeah, that's just a wish list, dreaming a little bit of future possibilities. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would I would love to see more customization, something like Catra said, to make each variant or an end chassis more unique from its counterparts. And as more and more mechs come out, we're going to be seeing overlapping tonnages and the, the lines going to be kind of get blurred between the chassis besides hardpoint locations and uh, geometry of the mech's size and things like that. Uh, as long as no skills come into play that involve RNG, like if you, you buy something for the awesome AQ, it says... 50% chance to reduce heat of PPC by 50% or something like that. I don't want to see any kind of RNG come into the game that doesn't isn't already there and doesn't need to be there. Yeah, I think it'd be you, you hit the nail on the head when you say it, especially when it comes to mechs of the same weight class. Like if you look at uh, the let's just say 55 tonners, right? The 50, out of the 55 tonners, the Kantaro is the only one that doesn't have jump jets. So. I would toss it out there that again these are quirks if you look at all the variables that you know acceleration deacceleration torso twist speed torso twist uh you know actual angle degree um you know pitch up and down all those things you have multiple different vari vari variables for mech and i feel that you know the non-jump capable mechs could also you know maybe get up to speed a little bit quicker um you know it's, it's all about what makes a trebuchet different than the hunchback you know um is it and those are the things, and I think just a completely different new system would possibly bring uh, some mechs that aren't necessarily used all the time uh, into the fold, um, make them a little bit more enjoyable as well to, to be able to pilot, maybe feel a little bit more responsive. And right now, in my opinion, mechs in general, even assault mechs and even light mechs, they just feel too nimble. Does that make sense? Do you guys get that feeling? Like... With the two times bonus, just mechs, all mechs just feel like they respond way too quick. Like a, a, a Jenner being 35 tons responds just as quick, if not the same as a Locust. Um, and I feel like a, the whole remap of, of you know, a mech tree skill system would change all that, you know, would make them. I think that's unique. also a bit in part, if I can interject here, a, a little bit in part to your torso, isn't it uh, depending on your engine size? The, yeah. how fast it moves and stuff like so like maybe and wait. as much as as much as I uh, hate to say but like maybe put a like restriction on that or something like that so you can only have like a max size so after a certain engine you're not moving quicker or anything like that or even just remove the fact that you torso twist from um, react or whatever in your mech uh, depending on your engine size so that all mechs have that unique feel where if something says it's only torso twisting at a certain speed, then it's only torso twisting at a certain speed. So maybe a mech, for example, the Centurion, might actually be faster at torso twisting than, say, the Trebuchet or something like that. Well, should it and be it's... tied into the engine or should it be tied into the mech itself? Because uh, That's what I'm saying. Like It should be tied to the mech itself, yes. not the actual engine. Yeah, and, and I agree because what happens with that generator? You throw the biggest engine you can. What ha you know, that's, that's the normal uh, thing that happens. You take a bigger engine to make you go faster but in it also has a negative effect i think that it makes you makes you be able to torso twist quicker all that all those variances and then on top of that you also have a two times bonus to them all and you know what i'm suggesting the whole mech tree is the system like right now you've got seven and a half percent on cool run right now when you get the two times bonus that's now doubled you have 15 percent 
Well, what I'm suggesting is what they can do is make individual mech uh, quirks using even the system, or if they want to completely redo it to where certain mechs may have a lower, uh, you know, some may ha mechs may have higher. And you might see some of these mechs actually being used because they have these individual quirks. Yeah, at a minimum, I would at least like to see a different mech tree per weight class. So light mechs have a lot of agility-based, uh, not quirks, but things in the mech tree to unlock. Assaults have less mobility-based things for balance like that. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on. I think, uh, in general, I'd love to see that. Hopefully, you know, um, we'll reach out to PGI and, and see maybe down the road. I mean, I don't know if that would be anytime soon, but I think it would dynamically change uh, the game and how uh, how many mechs are used. But let's go ahead and move on to the next uh, topic, which is pretty much in the same line. It's an old, outdated system and the module system. Um, you know, we're always talking about role warfare. Actually, let me backtrack right there. As you move up the chain as far as... Um, play even in pug play the higher you go the more and more already in airstrikes you see and in a match in a pug match higher elo you go i've seen 24 already in airstrikes and it's normally a constant thing it's not like oh you know some you know you pretty much see them all the time the reason i'm saying this is the current module system has a lot of flaws and one of those flaws is there's no specific roles to them it's just a slot and you get to choose um it's not like uh, it's not like a raven or uh, a light mech has information module slots and offensive module and defense modules and i really feel like the module system could use a total remap to revamp in general and it could help with what they were, you know, originally proposing, which is information warfare, role warfare, you know, uh, met comment, stuff like that. What are your thoughts on this? Do you see any other, um, you know, options out there? Well, I, I remember a few episodes ago, I think when we had Brian on the show last, I brought something up like this where you would have, like, one pilot module available, but then the rest of the modules would be, like, one mech might have three weapon mods that are separate from the normal modules or something like that. Kind of split it that way. So, again, you can customize your mech to your playstyle while at the same time still allowing someone to take one module or something like that they want. But, again, that could also work well in, where you're saying the information warfare. Maybe one for a, a sensor type module or something like that. Type them that way and then allow a certain amount depending on the mech or something like that. Well, we have new modules in right now. We have weapon modules, right? Now... Yeah. Do you guys use those? I don't. I mean, Negative. I, I would. I, I take a seismic. Uh, you know, actually, I take target K. Um, I take seismic, UAVs, or airstrikes. That uh, that's pretty much it. And it's because of how powerful those are. For me, the weapon modules right now aren't enticing enough at all. Um, well, we for... we should preface this with what you know what Catcher was saying, which is that Brian did say that this is something that they're looking into and that this is going to be developed further. You know, how much so, we don't know. But this is a good time to basically put the ideas out there and, uh, you know, hopefully get yeah, some those, suggestions. Those are just the, the very initial. Like, those those weapon modules, I believe, are intended to be upgradable. Uh, and there's, there's a whole other section of that design document that just didn't get implemented yet, uh, which revamped, you know, what types of module slots are available on the mechs. Uh, what you get equipped to those different module slots. So uh, there's there's a lot of missing stuff there, for sure. Well, I just want to say, too, is I think even if there are things coming out, there has to be some forethought. I mean, for instance, the Raven 3L, it's the probably most powerful Raven out there. Uh, actually, I'm going to say it is the best Raven out there. Um, and it's also got four module slots, you know. And unfortunately, because of 
how that is, you're going to see damage consumables being used. Uh, and I'll, obviously, I'll touch on the whole, you know, modules in, in just a second. But I feel like it should be very chassis specific, you know, going through these. It shouldn't just be, or it should be variant specific, not chassis specific. Um, it shouldn't be the Raven 3L has four um, and the other ones only have two or three. I mean, it should be very specific on which ones have and how many and why. But so, I just feel like there should be a breakdown as far as consumable and you have to choose. Maybe there's a few mechs that get to have two, but it's it's just one of those things right now because of how RD and Airstrikes are, they're taking over all the other modules uh, just because they do, you know, dual AC-20 from the sky on top of your head, you know. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think it would be very interesting if, if it's done by a per mech style. Like, for example, as you said with the Raven, maybe you could have, maybe you each mech has like four module slots or something like that, just as a hypothetical. And one of those might be a pilot module or whatever's classified as a pilot module. So that'd be like your artillery or air strike or something like that. Maybe the Raven has two sensor based ones. So maybe the UAV is classified under sensor. Same with like uh, target decay or something like that. And then it has one for weapon mod, so you could add a weapon mod type thing in there, like that sort of classification. And then it changes per mech and whatever. The only thing I'm concerned with is seeing how the weapon modules were introduced. I uh, and I said this back then. I just don't see them being used. They're not enticing oh, enough for me. I think if they lowered the cost on them and stuff like that, and again, if, if they changed the system perhaps to a uh, one where you might utilize, or I don't want to say really forced to utilize one more, but like if there's a specific hard point or something like that for weapon mods so you could have uh you can only have like one pilot module and then like three weapon mods or something like that i think you'll see people take them but again at three million c bills isn't it i think for weapon mods like why yeah, would six you, million why would you pick them that's up? a like, mech dude you know like yeah i know like so like why would you why would you ever take that over something else when you could like print money with airstrikes and so like what if they bump them down to like what if weapon mods were bumped down to 100 or 150,000 and then maybe as you bump up the uh, upgrades on the weapon modules they increase in prices like maybe it's like 150 then 200 then 250 or something like that I can definitely say the intent was to have a unique sort of like the hardpoint system for weapons hardpoints for modules right so the weapon modules were going to be additional modules on top of the, the pilot ones but for now, because uh, we, we didn't quite have the throughput to, to do that whole system to completion, it, it's all just muddled together. So it's, it's, not, it's not just spec at all right now. So. Well, that is good news. Yep. Again, I'm just tossing this out there again. You know, you, we play, I play a lot of other games, and you see in depth, I mean, hell, even Path of Exile and stuff like that. Now, granted, I know it's a different type of game, but there is huge areas of customization you can do in the tree system right now honestly i don't think it's a tree system at all i mean it's basically you have to get it you don't really have choices uh to get to the master and the master module slot that's all it is to give you an extra uh, module slot i just think that the mech tree system and the module system could definitely help facilitate especially module system the whole role warfare um idea you know especially the light mechs i mean why would it's, you take a commando or why would you take a, you know, a, a spider, some of these variants that aren't very strong, maybe weapon wise and hardpoint wise. I mean, the reality of it is you've got the fire starter that just is awesome. Dominates. You have the Jenner that's awesome. Dominates. Then you have the Raven three L and you don't see some of these other mechs being used one because they're hard points uh, and the weapon potential. Well, that leaves a nice uh, slot for uh, the module system to really help out some of these other, uh, other mechs. 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the module system and the mech tree are both things that are going to be, you know, get, get another pass at some time in the future. And I think the biggest benefit is just like you're saying, it's going to be role warfare. You know, we all want to see that implemented more. The customization aspect, you know, it's all just more layers on the cake. And I love cake. I know yeah, you I'm love not cake. So, not so sure about the mod, uh, the mech tree specifically, but definitely the the, mod, the, the module system uh, plans on the pipe for that and uh, the quirk stuff that'll definitely come out with clans and i think what brandon was sitting on too carl we, we've talked about this in the past on a podcast but the expense of c bills for the modules is too high and what why we were saying that is i would buy on every single mech and just keep on target decay or it used to be seismic sensor like i would buy multiple versions of them right but they're six mil a pop and i can't justify it like i would rather take the few extra seconds 20 seconds as it may be to be to switch every single time i switch a mech well to me again that's i just look at it as if it's a money if it's a c-bill sink well it's you know obviously it's probably doing your job but i think people would be more enticed to spend more like i would honestly spend more than six mil i would buy if they're one mil each or five hundred thousand each i would buy them for every single mech like i would do that amen and (laughs) i'm sure if you look at the numbers if more people I know there's a, a specific number like you have to cross over to like show like C bill profit like oh, okay there, but that a lot everybody's been saying that like it's just it's it's again I it, would be even more poor I would spend all my money to get modules and all the mechs that I use. I'm I'm just yeah yeah it's a, certainly an interesting point I guess uh, I have to bring that up with design see what they I say. Mean, what's the point? I mean they're C bills okay if they're a C bill sink I guarantee you I'll sink more C bills into if the prices were lower I can guarantee it. I'm not saying consumables change those. Consumables, I can understand keeping those at high, obviously. Uh, But as far as the actual modules themselves. All right. So um, on the module system, is there any... Obviously, we've seen a few come out that, uh, you know, like hill climb and stuff, which I've never used before, and all these weapon modules that are coming out. I'm hoping they get more enticing. You know, the the upper levels, I think level, you know, three and four and five. And I'm hoping they bring other stuff out there. Is there any other modules that you'd like any ideas that you guys have had as far as new modules or would you like to see any modules currently alterated i guess altered sure Mm. as far as consumables i'd like to see artillery and airstrike have either their damage more spread out or brought down a bit because right now they're op 400 400 percent increase from when they were introduced do you know that yeah from 10 to 40 ac 40s from the sky yeah, I think ultimately I would like to see just more balance brought to the whole uh, module system and, and retweaking rather than bringing any new modules in at this point. I don't know, though. I mean, I don't know what the production schedule is or whatever, and if they have, I mean, obviously this clan stuff. Well, but... the, the reality of it is Ardian airstrikes are used all the time, and it's because of how powerful they are. And I think they're too powerful. And the reason being is either remove the ability to have a headshot, which, by the way, I think should be removed anyways... I shouldn't be RNG because someone just clicked on and I got headshot by some magical AC-40. So We should define people that don't know what RNG is. It's random number generator. So just randomness. Remove the headshot ability. And I think drop the damage down 25%, 35%. Now, the question is, even with that, would they still be used over other modules? And I still think the answer is yes. Because with communication, with target K, you know, seismic sensor... And just communication on TeamSpeak and stuff. I don't have to have seismic sensor on there 
if I've got my Lance mates with me. So all I need is target decay, which helps them and helps, you know, my teammates. I still think you'll still see Artie and airstrikes. And the main reason being, again, is if you can take two, you will, because it's doing damage to the other team, which is making you see bills and which is when you near the match. And that's where, unfortunately, I think the introduction of those has negated the use of almost every other module that's out there. It's because those do damage and can win you the match and or curve the match. Yep, absolutely. That's why those consumables are taken instead of, you know, target info gathering, etc. Is because target info gathering can't headshot a mech in, by, in one button press. Uh, another thing I'd like to see kind of reevaluated, perhaps, is advanced target decay since the LRM buff went in and then nerfed down a little bit more. Uh, advanced target decay has gotten pretty damn strong. It was already strong when used with LRMs, but perhaps bringing down the time it's locked on by half a second or so. I like it when um, I was playing earlier, and when you see incoming missiles and you duck behind a hill and they miss you and you're like, haha, he doesn't have targeted decay. And you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a, it can go both ways. Uh, I don't want to see it hit too hard because... I don't know, it's tough. Well, then would I take Seismic? Yeah, I, I still like Seismic. It got hit, you know, pretty hard, but it needed it. It was OP. Is targeted K too OP? Does it need a, a, a nerf bat hit with, you know? Well, for LRMs, you should always be taking advanced target K if you plan on that being your primary weapon system. Uh, but with the speed increases, I would, I would like to see it reduced by like a half second lock. Just so somebody still needs to be spotting because, uh, you know, the ability to jump up, see your target, shoot your LRMs, fall back down to cover, and then like jump up three seconds later before your target goes down and reacquire that target, it's kind of silly. There's one thing I'm going to propose. UAVs. If I'm spending 40,000 or 15 MC on it, I don't know why it has a like 30 second or a minute time. It should be up until they shoot it down. That's how I look at it. You've got an arty strike that can knock out mechs, cripple them, uh, wipe out multiple mechs, components, everything. If I have a UAV up and you're not paying attention and then it disappears, I never like that. I don't know why it does. It should stay up until it gets shot down. That, that's how I look at it. It's because lost tech. They don't I know mean, how to keep them up past Well, and, and LRMs too. I mean, again, that's, yeah, they're, they're strong now, but a lot of times I'll pop UAV and our LRMs will actually be doing effective work um, and then it just disappears, you know, and to me, I'm like, when I run out of batteries, I mean, come on, like, so UAVs to me, I think should stay up. That would be my one thing until they shoot them down. And we've played a bunch of matches where it'd be like, holy crap, who's got a lock on me? And I'll be like, up, oh, I'll look up and I'll pop the UAV. Situational awareness, man. It always comes back to that. Yeah, it's UAVs are a lot more effective against total uh, pug groups because if the guy that's getting learned is getting learned, no, none of the pugs care about that guy that's getting learned. Like, oh, he's getting learned. So they don't bother to look up and see the UAV. He's too busy shielding. He can't type in, check the sky for UAV. If we had, mm -hmm. like, you know, quick commands, <laughs> the things that your pilot could say, for instance. Command like, wheel, please. Yeah, just like, UAVs, check, or something. You mouse over pilot. it and you hit Q, like, spot. UAV spotted, you know, take it out. Yeah, and you people know. will look up and shoot the UAV down, save that dude. And, you but know, right funny. now, in a, in a pre-made group, and if you're all on TeamSpeak or whatever... You can just say, I'm being learned. Am I narked? Nope, you're not narked. UAV check, please. And then people look at the sky, shoot down the UAV, learn stop. And uh, we were on Caustic Valley a few nights ago, and um, <laughs> I think, was it you, Tyler, or someone else was like, what the, what the, who, who's got a fucking lock on me? And you were like, what the hell's going on? And we're right on that hill, 
and I looked up and I could see the UAP, but because we were on the hill and I was in, I forgot what mecha was, I couldn't actually torso pitch upwards enough. <laughs> so it was like, everyone shoot the UAP. I can't shoot it. It's, you know, so it was like, yeah. you have to like move back, have someone else shoot it. But anyways, uh, there are some modules. Like I said, the module system, I think needs complete overhaul. I think it's an old dinosaur, just like the mech tree uh, or mech skill, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it does. I think they're old things. Like you said, Carl, that, Hey, they were good placeholders. Um, but they need to be reworked and they need to be redone. Now, the module system, again, I think it's a thin line because anytime you have consumables and they can dictate damage on the field, and I was I was adamant back then, I don't like uh, consumables. Uh, I didn't like Cool Shot and stuff like that. I think when you're talking about Battletech, um, just to sort of hit on Cool Shot again, where's your uh, coolant going? And for those that don't know, by the way, your mech basically uses coolant for blood. If you remove blood or you move your radiator fluid from your car, it's going to be less effective. So again, I never liked that. I asked Brian about that. I still feel that being able to do damage with consumables detracts from gameplay. But I do like them in some circumstances, forcing people off, uh, you know, hills, especially like Alpine or uh, even on Forest Colony if they're turtling up. It is a great way to uh, break that um, up. So I will give it there. But the module system's old, needs to be redone. And I think it'll add to the overall uh, gameplay and, uh, you know, use of certain mechs as well but all right guys let's go ahead and move on to the last thing just to sort of hit on this they just released this uh today they're doing an mwo tournament series and his beta uh it's called first engagement uh some link and info uh there for you guys if you haven't checked it out um basically submit your application as soon as possible on may 9th at uh, 1 p.m uh eastern uh time uh for your best chance getting to the team running now i'm gonna preface this i'm not too happy with how they did this and this is why it's an application process. Who determines that? And I, the way I look at it, it should be fair across the board. Like if there's a hundred, let's just say there's a hundred teams that sign up for this. Who's to say and who's to vet who gets in or doesn't get in? And I feel like this was sort of a, a mistake. And, and what happens if, you know, SJR applies, Tyler, and you don't get in? I mean. Well, my understanding here is that it's basically first come, first serve, right? So that's what's going to determine if you really want to get in. No, and... it's not first come, first serve. It's you oh, it's apply. Not? And that's not in my opinion that's not how it should be it should be like a you know basketball tournament a bracket and stuff and hey if this is how i look at a tournament should be you have a sign up process for the team hold on you have a sign up process for the team captain he gives his players a a, a code they register they're up on the roster and then the tournament um you know officials pgi igp will put up the bracket and you're told when and where to be at what time and i think they should preface this and say hey north america time zone we know it sucks for everyone outside the u.s but we just have to stick to one thing this is where you're supposed to be this is who you're fighting please add that unit leader to this and then you know you drop at that particular time the results are automatically posted and you move on that all being said it is a beta so it is their first you know big tournament using the private match uh maker and lobbies and they are giving the team captains premium time for this to be able to do that I'm just seeing some gray areas that I don't like. You're also having to schedule your matches with the other team leader in that time frame. And again, I think it leaves too much gray area to what happens if you've got someone in in Russia and someone in the U.S. or someone in Singapore or Australia and, you know, their afternoon is the U.S. time zones, you know, evening, late night, you know. I just feel like there's there's some gray areas that I don't think are good for that 
just going to well, put that out I there. Well, I mean, the bottom line is, just like you said, it is a beta. And if there's lessons to be learned here, I'm sure they'll be learned. It just seems like there's going to be scheduling issues between teams. Seems like uh, you can be disqualified, too, from it. There's there's a disclaimer. There's a few. We are going to be streaming uh, some of the matches, guys. By the way, uh, we just tested. I just want to say this. We just tested oh. a brand new updated spectator camera that shows. Oh, Darren, boy, you want to talk about us. it? It was beautiful. Yeah, basically, so when you're doing the uh, out-of-cockpit view, you know, from above, uh, both teams now are clearly defined red and blue. Um, you see the name of the pilot, the name of the mech, and their health percentage, and it's just beautiful. You're doing a top-down. You can totally see, you know, how everybody's moving around the battlefield. Um, and then you can also, there's a panel that opens up, so you can go directly uh, to whatever uh, pilot, you want to go to it's uh, automatically straight to their cockpit uh, it's easy to use interface uh, lists all the pilots there has their health percentage color coded uh, it's just a beautiful interface it's going to make the shout casting so much better basically from my perspective and i know phil will feel the same when he sees it huge round of applause to uh, pgi for making that happen it's going to well, be awesome huge round to carl berg and uh, brian, brian buckton buckton, too. buckton oh, yeah. yes yeah, that fellow did a lot of that work for you guys. Yeah, it was just beautiful. I mean, totally wish we had that for uh, the launch event, but we didn't. But it's here now, and I'm super excited about it. And of course, I just want to say uh, thank you again, Carl, for being on the show and piping in. Um, I think a lot of people enjoy your insight and, you know, would uh, say Paul and Brian Ekman, you guys are more than welcome to chime in too. Um, I know Paul actually has been sick and Matt Newman was sick as well, so hopefully you guys are feeling better. I know that crap anyways guys uh again don't forget to use our amazon affiliate uh, link if you guys are doing any shopping at amazon it adds nothing to your order cost at all just kicks back a small marketing fee to ngng and be awesome if you guys can utilize that maybe you own a business or something like that just click through that it's on our forums and on our front page website and of course we have the all systems nominal centurion still up for pre-orders i'm going to be pulling the trigger at the end of this week so friday on the order so if you still want to get your pre-order guarantee your shirt size make sure to do that uh between now and friday and uh i'm you actually said the been... other shirts are coming soon right? yes they're actually i sent an email to him yesterday asking hey you know is that coming today they said it's shipping to me at the end of the week so i'll be oh, shipping those out be so at the sexy. beginning of next so that's the Battlemaster. i will be putting all the extras up on our inventory so we actually will have extra Battlemaster inventory we will also have extra centurion inventory maybe you just don't have the cash right now and you want to wait but uh make sure to get those while you can and of course uh you know i'll let you guys know and update when i get them and when i'm shipping them out but as soon as i get them i do a marathon i literally package all of them and get them out the door so if you guys want to do that um he drinks mead and makes packages Oh, and I will be wearing that Centurion shirt everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. In the shower, in bed, everywhere. Dude, it's uh, awesome. Under your suit when you get married? <laughs> I don't care. It'd be like, what? <laughs> Did you expect anything less? Come on. Really? Really, babe? And of course, I just want to say a big thank you to our community, you guys, our listeners, new and old, and of course, our staff and our sponsors. And of course, if you want to become a sponsor to help support stuff like this TeamSpeak 3 server, our you know, web cost, stuff like that, it costs $100 a month for this TeamSpeak, by the way, uh, for 400 slots. So if you want to do that, help become a sponsor, and it just you know keeps this thing running nice and smoothly. So thank you again. Thank you to Carl Berg, and thank you to Tyler, Brandon, and of course, Mama Bear. Uh, for coming out here and being here. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Patrick Hell. This is Tyler. And Carl. Until next time.
Mac Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me. But I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me. You can feel it on my skin. But there is more with it. Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever 